Hey, this is Heath with the Church and the Brewery podcast, and I'm here with Nathan today. Yeah. How's it going? It's good. It's good. We just did a little beer review, beer taste. We did. We tried Founders, which is one of my favorite breweries, Underground Mountain. Underground Mountain. Hey, you want to tell them what it is? It is a barrel-aged brown ale with heavy bourbon smell. It's just the aromas. The aroma alone will take you away. Yeah, and to a far island, you know, ahoy. <laughs> and then the the flavor is kind of coffee-ish. Sumatra, Sumatra coffee. Yeah, smoky. And we also had what's what's the hammer Convict and chains? Hill oatmeal stout from Texas. Texas. Because I just got back from Austin, and I brought with me some Convict Hill oatmeal stout and Ziegenbach. Which is my favorite amber, but you can't get it anywhere but Texas, hmm. as far as I know. So, I had to grab some. I, I hadn't had it in seven years wow. since I lived in Austin. And I was afraid I wouldn't like it anymore <laughs> because my tastes have changed. But it was still awesome. It's still my favorite amber. It's still your favorite amber, huh? Uh-huh. So. We got to try that. As I take a sip of my beer. Yep. So tonight we are talking about... Did Jesus break God's law? Have you heard of the Old Testament law? I have. The one in Numbers? Where is... No, the the Exodus was the law. Yeah, it's kind of sprinkled throughout there. It starts in Exodus, but yeah. I guess the Numbers was the violation. Yes. Yes. So, in the Old Testament, God rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt, and they get out in the wilderness, and they don't know what they're doing. They've never ruled themselves before. So God gives them a bunch of laws so that they can become not only a a prosperous nation, but also so that he can use them to reach other people. Because his whole goal is to bring people into his family. And not all of the countries in the world wanted to be a part of that. So God kind of starts to focus on Israel and wants to ultimately reach these other countries through them. And, and sets the stage for Jesus. So in order to get to that goal, he gives them a, a bunch of laws. And they agreed to follow these laws because God says, if you follow me and if you, you agree to this contract, these rules, I will bless you. So it came with benefits. And it also came with consequences. Like on Monday night at our Bury Church meeting, I said it like this. If you buy a house and you take out a loan, you know, take out a mortgage, you get the benefit of living in this cool house or or driving a sweet car or something if you agree to pay your payments on time, right? Right. But there are penalties if you're late or if you just stop paying. I mean, they're not going to let you keep enjoying the benefit of driving the car, right? If you stop paying on your house, they're probably going to take your car and ultimately (laughs) they might take your house. So... There were known consequences to breaking this deal. So when people entered into it and they said, yeah, we want to we follow God's law. We want, we want this blessing. They also knew there were certain consequences. Like death. Yes. Actually, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. <laughs> no tonight. one's going to die if you don't pay off your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a little scarier. So the, the whole reason I brought this up was because we've been going through the book of Mark And we're getting to the end of chapter 2. And at the end of chapter 2 and in chapter 3, Jesus' ministry has just started. But 
uh, he's going to be accused by the religious leaders of breaking these laws that God gave the people years ago in the Old Testament. So I thought, okay, well, to understand that, we should probably talk about these laws, where they came from, and exactly what the law was that Jesus is going to be accused of breaking. Well, there's actually two. There's one at the end of Mark uh, chapter 2, and then there's one at the beginning of Mark chapter 3, two different laws. So um, I also thought that this law we're going to talk about tonight is kind of scary. The punishment is kind of scary when someone finally breaks this law. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Um, kind of seems unfair. Yeah, the sticks incident. Yeah. Okay, so way back in Exodus 31, verse 14, the people received this law from God. Moses receives this law from God and tells the Israelites, you must keep the Sabbath, which is like a, a day of rest. The people are supposed to rest on the last day of the week and not do any work. So it says, you must keep the Sabbath, for it is a holy day for you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Whoa. <laughs> Pretty serious. Do you think that is a worthy... Do you think that is a crime worthy of the death penalty? Depends on what you mean by desecrate. I mean, God God put this forth saying, if you desecrate it... Is desecrate the word? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know if it was the word in the original language. I should look that up. That'd be a good start. For our listeners, you can go look it up. Uh, desecrate. That that kind of gives emphasis to how how bad you know breaking law is. Mm-hmm. Like just imagine like a murder law. How would you how would you desecrate that? I, I, guess, I guess I don't know. I guess because God's law is I de- I demand you basically be righteous. Mm-hmm. Our laws are we demand you not to be bad. I'm gonna look up the word desecrate. That's interesting. What does magical Google say? It says, treat a sacred place or thing with violent disrespect to violate. Okay. So that's more than an accidental disregard. That is like blatant irreverence. Violent disrespect. Okay, so that actually changes the way I see this next situation, but it's still scary. All right. They received this law in Exodus 31, rest on the Sabbath or... You know, there will be very bad consequences. And then, um, not too long after that, in Numbers 15, there's a guy out gathering sticks on the Sabbath. So he's working, he's doing something he's not supposed to be doing. And the people actually stone him to death for desecrating the Sabbath, for working on the day of rest. On the surface, that's tough to reconcile, isn't it? It is. So what pops into your head when you hear that? Um, well, initially, I'm like, man, that's just cruel. Because I'm like, you can go and pick up a stick. But why is he picking up sticks? Mm-hmm. One of the guys at the tables I was at was like, in the wilderness, you gather sticks for lighting a fire, kindling a fire, starting one, mm-hmm. rather than just keeping one going. So that was kind of an interesting take. Yeah, his his take was... You could gather sticks, but you couldn't kindle a fire? Is that kind of what it was? He, he made the differentiation between a log and a stick. Like a log would keep a fire. You can't start a fire with a log. You can start it with sticks. Mm-hmm. So the, there was a distinction there. Okay. But I, he can I, read Hebrew and we can't. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so lighting a fire. 
you're supposed to have your fire lit on Saturday so you wouldn't have to work to light one on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Is how I got. Yeah, so that. he thought you could put a log on a fire, but you can't, like, you know, kindling a fire from scratch is a lot of work. So yeah. his take on it was that you could keep a fire going by throwing a log on it, but you couldn't kindle it with sticks and do all that stuff. Yeah. Basically, you need to prepare for your day of rest. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have to work at the last minute to try and do something. Yeah, and I, and I don't know so, if he's right or not because, you know, I, I only see a limited amount in this verse here. Right. So I'm not real sure what the full context during that time period was. But <laughs> it does seem like, at first, the punishment is much bigger than the crime. Doesn't it seem right. that way, like on the surface? Right, like fairness. There's something off about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there really is. What I'm saying right. to someone coming across this verse at the first time, they're like, like me. dude, is God like this all the time? Like, is like, God whoa. angry? Is he evil and strict? And you step on an eggshell and I'm going to smite you. Yeah. You know, it, kind of thing. That made me scared because when I first read this, I thought, well, am I going to break some rule that I don't know about and I'm going to die? Right. <laughs> but I don't think that's really what this means. Do you? Right. I, th- I think he totally knew about it. Because yeah. they all saw the wonders of God. They saw this tower, pillar of light by night, and pillar of smoke by day. Or they saw whatever. God park. Uh, they, they saw, saw God, they heard God the Red Sea. Pe- speak to him. Yeah. And, okay. then they, and then they went forward and said, you speak to Moses because we'll die if we hear you. They were scared of him. They were scared of him. And rightfully so. Okay. But so. then they turned around and gathered sticks on the Sabbath. And yeah. I'm like, what does that say about the man? Like blatantly disobeying something he was afraid of, someone who is who has total authority, mm-hmm. like that. That tells you he's trying to be, you know, above God. I think that's what that's why the punishment was what it was. Yeah, I actually sat at a table on Monday night with some people who mm-hmm. identify as not religious, and even they said, "Okay, so these people had seen God do a bunch of miraculous stuff at this point." according to the book of Exodus. How is it that they saw God split a sea in half and do a bunch of other miracles and provide them food, and then next thing you know, they're blatantly ignoring this request that God just made. Like, also have to remember that they opted into this deal knowing that this crime had the death penalty and, like, blatantly did it anyways. So that does kind of make me wonder... What kind of person are we dealing with? Like, where's their head at, you know? Because let's say speeding had the death penalty, you know, today. There's no way you're going to catch me speeding, right? I'm probably going to put a governor on my car so I can't (laughs) go over 70 or something. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Unless you were like, yeah, I'm never going to get caught. No one's going to see me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd even chance it then, though. Like, it's one thing to chance a slap on the wrist. But it's another thing to chance the death penalty. Have there ever... I guess guess you'd consider whether anybody else has died for going over the speed limit. Yeah. Because we don't see that in here. Well, and this is the the one guy. This is the first time that law's been broken, too. Out of all these people that came out of Egypt, there was this one guy. We don't know about the other guys that might have gathered sticks. And we're told, hey, you shouldn't do that. But this guy... Oh... So are you suggesting that this might not be the first time somebody tested the law? Oh, I'm, I'm certain it's probably not the first time. Okay. I mean, That's you, interesting. you read Exodus and they're testing it all the time. Mm-hmm. So 
I guess we don't know. I guess it doesn't specifically say that this is the first time somebody gathered sticks on that day. But maybe it was, because, I mean, either way, they knew they weren't supposed to do that. Yeah. So you, I believe you brought up a point at the end of our session Monday night that made a lot of sense. So they got 613 laws total. And you said something like, we look at it like this punishment is just for breaking this law. But what if God was trying to tell us that the whole law is important? So it doesn't matter which one of the laws they broke, whether it was killing someone or whether or not it was gathering sticks on the day of rest. All of that is is not taking the law seriously, not taking what God said seriously. And I've heard people say that there's a pattern in Scripture. So you have to look for this when you read the Old Testament, that God always gives a law tells them the terms or the penalty if they break it, and then someone tests it, and there's a more strict demonstration or a punishment, so an example is made. And then God doesn't necessarily keep doing that afterwards, like that strict of a punishment. Like, we don't kill people for, you know, working on Sunday today, obviously, but there's a pattern. Um, A law is given, someone breaks that law, and then there's a demonstration of, of some kind of punishment. If there's no demonstration there, if God doesn't do something about this, then people might not know that there's a serious boundary there. Or a boundary at all. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting what you said, though. It didn't matter necessarily which law they broke. It's all serious, so it has a serious punishment to demonstrate, hey, this is a big deal. If you don't keep up your end of the deal, it's it's really important. Yeah, there's always a reason for why God makes a law. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why would God make a law, right? Yeah, to so, me, that would sound kind of cruel if he created a law that, you know, he expected no one to no one to follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, non-essential, basically. I guess like, if what's nobody a non-essential followed it. Law? Yeah, I guess, I guess if there wasn't a punishment, then when people found that out, they would stop following any of the laws, wouldn't they? Or they'd give doubt to the serious ones. Like, oh, hey, maybe God won't punish me for this mm-hmm. one. And that was in the days where God did punish through the people. Or they'd get a plague or something. How fast would you drive if you knew cops would never pull you over for speeding? As fast as I wanted. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if, if cops weren't on the road, there'd be mm-hmm. no one to enforce the speed limit. So. Okay. So now, that's interesting. Now I'm going to have cops watching me. Thanks. So if people <laughs> thought there was no consequence to breaking the law, then they probably wouldn't follow it? Yeah. Probably the same thing for... The Old Testament law. Of course, you you have the context of these were just beginning to be a nation. What's a mm-hmm. nation without a law? You have anarchy. Yeah. How is God's nation going to be a nation if it doesn't have God as the head? So that that I think was special about the Israelites that God was the head of that nation. Mm-hmm. They were they were a people at that point, but they became a nation. Yeah. So I think that's. I think that's important context for why God made these laws. Yeah, and I also thought God's sort of parenting here. So I made this parenting analogy because mm-hmm. I thought when you're a kid, you don't have as much leeway. Your parents are more strict. They're trying to show you the boundaries. So when you become a teenager, you get more freedom. Maybe at some point your parents stop punishing you for things that maybe they would have given you a strict punishment for before. So at some point, 
they they know that you're going to start making your own decisions and you need to. And you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, and you're going to become an adult, you're going to mature, but when you're a baby, like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so, you're a baby, you're completely selfish. Yeah. So I thought, well, humanity at this point is young. They're basically an infant as a nation. So God is strict with them like you would when you're parenting and then slowly gives them more freedom. Now, that still doesn't make people or me comfortable with the death penalty for violating a law like this, but I got two ways that I wrestled through this myself. The first one is if you believe that we're like eternal beings, like if you believe that we live after this life, then I think it looks a little bit different because if God takes away someone's life, they really just go on to their life after this life, which is, if you have a relationship with him, ideally it's better than this one, right? So I thought, okay, that kind of changes the game a little bit, because if God takes somebody out of this life, then it doesn't look as bad if we're thinking that this life on earth is the only one that exists. He's really just moving them from one place to another. If you hope that they're going to go to a place other than eternal torment. Yeah. I don't think that people are necessarily going to hell for I don't, I don't think I don't think this guy's necessarily going to hell for doing this even though he ignored what God said. It all depends on whether or not he had a relationship with God, I guess. Do you think he would he would have Well, I hate I hate to judge whether someone goes to hell or not. That's not my place. Right. But hypothetically speaking, if this guy was really I don't know, this irreverent toward God, not going to do anything he says. I'm going to go and gather sticks anyway. I'm going to be my own person. I'm going to do whatever I want on Sunday or whatever day it was. It's probably Saturday back then. Uh, <laughs> um, I think you're actually blatant, right. Blatant disrespect toward God. To me, that tells me that he really doesn't care about God. And so he's going to go in a place without God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- so I think it depends on that? if it was an isolated incident or if he... Like, made a lifetime decision. Like, I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want to be where God is. And so God took him out of his people. Yeah. That's a little bit different than going through a phase. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's in Scripture. Could be. Everything in Scripture is important. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the things that aren't in Scripture. Well, sometimes we do. But, like, the other cases where someone might, you know, really be struggling with the fire, why don't you bring them into your home? I mean, isn't that loving your neighbor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Could have hung out with his friends. I mean, this had a fire. They had 612 other laws here. I like, wish I knew more about this guy. Me too. You know, like why he would do this or why he wouldn't just go to someone else's house. That's interesting. I think you answered question one. What was question one? Oh yes, from our brewery yes. church meeting. Hey, What's your I initial you reaction? Ma- I, th- I think you mentioned something about there's a reason for all these laws. Yeah. I guess my initial reaction would be, what the heck's going on here? Me too, because I'm terrified. I'm like, is God going to kill me? Well, honestly, the most disturbing part is that the other people in Israel, the other Israelites, had to stone this guy to death. That is disturbing to me. I guess I accept it. How did you accept it when you were younger? Did you, like, rationalize it somehow? I'm still very uncomfortable with it, but I accept that it happened. And I accept that, okay, maybe this was... For some reason necessary. I also know that God doesn't work that way right now because God's doing things in a different way than he did then. 
Like that law was specific to them at that time. So the Sabbath law or don't gather sticks on a Sunday. Well, the Sabbath <laughs> law I think is good for you. Like I've worked 14 days straight before when I worked for Pepsi, when we got through the 4th of July stretch, I worked 14 days straight with no day off. Mm-hmm. And I just know that's physically, emotionally and spiritually draining. You got to recover at some point. You got to rest your brain, your spirit. So I think even in this verse here, it said, it's a holy day for you. And I think that's saying, hey, you really actually need to take one day a week to rest for your own good. And I don't know how he would get that message home by just saying it and never doing anything about it. So I I guess I I look at it like Israel is a child. They must see that the boundaries are serious because I almost looked at this as a metaphor. I mean... I think this verse literally happened, but the metaphor to me is that any rejection of God, and when I say this, I'm I'm talking about like ultimately saying I want nothing to do with God leads to death. So even though this is a literal thing that I think happened, it also has a symbolic meaning. And I think it means that doing things a different way and ignoring what God suggests for us is not as healthy for us. So if he's the source of life, I think going against the source of life, well, the opposite of life is death. So if you're separating yourself from the source of life, then you're heading towards death. So I think this situation has a serious symbolic meaning. I think even in life, you can have that um, lead to serious stress and anxiety. Not saying that you know Christians won't ever have a stress or anxiety of course we do i mean you mm-hmm. and i have more anxiety than we probably ever have you know in years past than but, we wish we had yeah yeah right but you know through that we've learned how to spiritually deal with things i but have if you if you're constantly you know going from one you know living in sin so to speak you're gonna have so much stress and pressure i don't know how you don't kill yourself mm-hmm. some people probably do but i feel bad about that but i've had a tough life at times i think the only thing that has helped me hang in there is my faith, really. I mean... Seeing a future. Yeah. Call me a weakling if you want, but like, you know, life's been tough to some of us, so... And you need to take a breath. Yeah. Exodus 31, 18, right? For this reason, take a Sabbath. Yeah, I've I've gone through numerous phases in life where I have not taken breaks, and I just know it's bad for me. I did it anyways, and, you know, I physically felt the result. All right, so I have one more thing that kind of helped me work through this verse a little bit. The perspective that we have, I think, on this story is everything. So I think it is worth looking at all perspectives on this. And one thing that changes the way I see the story is looking at it through the lens of God's overall mission. So I think that is trying to get more people into his family. So he's trying to reach everybody. Ultimately, his goal is to bring Jesus into the world and to to bring more people into a relationship with God, right? So increase his family, try to reach everybody he can in the world. I look back at this situation, and in the Old Testament, it's like the critical early years of him paving the way forward to make that mission a reality, right? I think if things get messed up here, we might not have the Bible today. So if God didn't deal a serious punishment, people wouldn't have 
taken him seriously, followed those laws. The consequence of that is they might not have valued the scriptures and the, the scrolls the way that they did. And maybe the manuscripts that became the Bible actually get lost because they nearly did at certain points in the Old Testament. And it's just by a thread that they found them again. Obviously, maybe that's God working. But I think this is like a time travel scenario where if you went back in time and you changed one thing, like you didn't punish that guy for the sticks, I think that might jeopardize the mission of getting us the Bible and like setting the stage to bring Jesus into the world. So as trivial as picking up sticks on the day of rest seems, it might have been like a pivotal moment and getting to the point where like we all have a chance to get in God's family. Just think about all the other people that uh, didn't gather sticks, but tried to do something else, you know? Yeah. There's uh, anywhere from 300,000 to several million people that came out of Egypt. Surely someone there is going to do something other than gathering sticks. And a uh, guy at my table uh, said, that it's more, it's a lot of it is about community togetherness versus destructiveness. And I thought about that and I'm like, you know, the law is for the good of the people. Sometimes we think it's for the good of the person, which I guess it could be, but it's more about the people. Mm -hmm. Like if most people follow this law, you're going to have a good nation. And I think about, you know, our, our bill of rights and stuff for our country, United States, in case there's any, you know, foreign people listening, uh, we have, you know, the, the first 10 amendments are called the bill of rights and you can read through them or whatever, but there's, there's 26 amendments and one of them is stricken. Anyway. So the Bill of Rights is like this essential like stuff that if if followed, they protect the people and we're a nation, we're a republic. So, you know, so like the freedom of the press is one of them. Uh, freedom of religion is another. Freedom to protest? Stuff like that? Stuff like that, yeah. So this that, that's actually protecting the people versus, you know, what you consider a law is like, oh, you're going to break this, I'm going to punish you. Mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think there's kind of two kinds of laws there. Oh. You've got your founding law, and then you've got your law to kind of keep things going and to where you don't have people taking advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. So There are some laws that are really crazy and silly, right? But there's a right. lot of laws that are designed to protect us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They protect us from the government, number one. But the government! Yeah. <laughs> the government, people in power will take over, and this is kind of to prevent that. Ironic so. that we're recording this during the debate. <laughs> right? The Which vice president silly. debate. The what? The, the vice, vice president, president debate. debate? Oh, man. I'm not even going to watch that. I'll read the highlights. I'm sorry. It's got to be better than the first presidential debate, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, now you know where I stand on things. That's all right. I think that, I think our point here is that we need a day rest. Yeah, it's good for it's, us. Yeah. And that... Even though God seems maniacal here on the first read, maybe there are different ways we can rethink that, and maybe what God did was actually for our good, even though it's really unpleasant. Maybe it was necessary to get us to the point that we are now. Yep. A good uh, reference scripture to some of the Sabbath stuff, I think, is in Isaiah 58... There's a couple of references to Sabbath around that area. Okay. So I'll look that up. It's pretty cool. 58, 57, somewhere in there, somewhere in the late 50s. He mentions okay. the Sabbath a few times. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because we just talked about that on Monday. 
Yeah. So you probably find that pretty quick on Google. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, thanks for sitting down with me. Yeah, this man. Was a thanks fun for one. trying to beer with me, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah. Monday night, we're going to pick up kind of where we left off at this mm-hmm. discussion because we'll start talking about times when Jesus was accused of breaking some of these laws. Yep. And of course, people are actually going to try to stone him to death for breaking these laws. So it's going to be really interesting because I got a ton of questions already. Yeah. Like, did Jesus actually break the law or did he just know when it applies and when it doesn't? Or what's the situation here? So I'm super looking forward to that. We meet at Augustino Brewing every Monday night in Wichita, Kansas, 7.30 p.m. So if you're curious about this stuff, basically we're a discussion group. So we break up into tables and people get to discuss with your friends. So if you think that sounds interesting, show up, order a beer with us, bring your friends, and it should be fun. Everybody's view is welcome. Yeah, actually we have quite a few people who come who are not actually, uh, they don't believe the same thing we do. They're not christians and we've actually been learning a lot together so that's been really cool even if they are sometimes they have different views and those are always appreciated yeah they help me grow yeah we try to give people space and uh, just encourage them to keep exploring and the guy that knows hebrew i kind of like that yeah i've actually learned a lot just there's a lot of insight there that i just miss out on because i don't know hebrew Mm -hmm. me too so he's a pretty cool guy If anything, you should come and meet him. Yeah. All right. Well, we will catch you guys sometime next week. See you around. See ya.